Father, in the name of Jesus, we just want to tell you thank you. We want to appreciate you for this opportunity to be here at Christian with the Lord, March 7th, 2021. We have come to sit at your feet. We have come to hear from you. Lord, we ask, so God, that you be in our midst and that you speak to us in Jesus' name. We pray, O God, that the purposes for which you instituted these meetings will be accomplished in our lives in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, let no one go back the same. Let no one go back dry. Let no one go back half in Jesus' name. Amen. I welcome you again. In the name of Jesus, um, today's topic, we have been looking at some series since January, uh, where we started the series, The Power and Might of God. In January, we looked at the power and might of God through our words, then in February, we looked at the power and might of God through our hands. Today, we are going to be looking at the power and might of God through our eyes, particularly through dreams, visions, as the Bible tells us. Yes, there are more experiences of open heavens and that, but let's just look at it as dreams and visions. Amen. We've been seeing, when we talk about the power and the might of God, a lot of times we always, a lot of Christians look at the power and might of God in terms of, you know, breaking something, destroying something. But God's power has different dimensions and His might. His might refers to that His ability that makes whatever He does great. That which is uncommon. That which man cannot do. You remember during the time of Moses and Aaron. In the first three plagues, Moses did different signs and wonders, or rather just say signs. And when he did these signs, the magicians of Pharaoh Jans and Jambres, who were skilled occultic men. They were deep in magical arts and sorcery. They replicated the things that Moses did. Normal human beings cannot do that. They turned water into blood. They too, they brought out frogs. And they brought out a swarm of flies also. But when Moses struck the ground and the dust became lice, they had to confess and say, Sir, this is the finger of God. When the might of God shows up in a place, the result is unmistakable. 
when the might of God shows up in our lives, the result is unmistakable. Is it that we respond to it as wise people or we refuse it and be hardened like Pharaoh? So the power and might of God cannot be it cannot be denied, especially whenever it operates. Now, God is able to reach us not just when we are awake, but also when we are asleep. God can talk to us in different ways. There was a period of my life, I thank God for the mercy of God that I'm still hearing God's voice in different ways today, through the inner witness, through dreams, by prophecy. There are different ways God speaks, but primarily through His Word. Today in service, I caught a word today. I have heard about that thing before, but God gave it to me strongly. I almost, it was so strong, I almost wanted to preach on it today. Say, no, 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 no. That's not what we are supposed to be doing. So the Word of God comes in different dimensions, and God can reach you any way, it feels like, more than you can ever imagine. Well, when it comes to God relating with man, God has chosen a lot certain channels that he frequently uses with a lot of men. And it is so obvious that when he was talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he talked about dreams and visions clearly. When he gave the prophecy in Joel chapter 2 verse 28, he said, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. So we see that dreams and visions are within the new covenant package that God has prepared for us. And they are one of the channels through which the power and the might of God is released because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of power. He is also the Spirit of might. Without Him, you cannot smell, talk less of taste of this power and the might of God. You see, people go through different kind of challenges today. And when you hear it, God ah, will help you. They say, okay, this person is having this challenge in his family. That person is having this challenge in, in her family. And you say, God will help. Usually, it is because those that hear these things a lot of times can't help the person. Until God helps the person or brings people who can help before those people can be set free. So it means that there are things that are outside the ability of man. And that is where the power and the might of God comes in. 
whether we understand it or not. So, the power and might of God through our eyes. Dreams and visions are among the oldest means of communication between God and man. The Bible gives us a lot of information about dreams. You know, a lot of people read the Bible without paying attention to certain things. I was reading and an author explained that 49% of the Bible was given through visionary means. So 49% of what we read and say, this is the word of God, was actually seen. Whether through visions, through dreams, all those are prophets, Ezekiel, prophet Isaiah, a lot of them saw the things that he prophesied. But when we are reading it, ah, the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, we just read it as a sentence, we just read it through. But we don't get the weight and the magnitude of the dimension through which the word of God came to that person. So God has been using this method for a long time. He finds it as a very reliable method. What is a dream? This is not really, really an expository um, teaching or sharing on what a dream is, different types of dream, different types of vision. No, that's not what this is really about. This is about us understanding what is available to us and us waking up to that reality if we have not. Because God made it clear, he said, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. So it is available to all flesh. It's so available that I've heard of testimonies and what testimonies where unbelievers, some of the Muslim faith, have seen the Lord Jesus in a vision. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord has been poured out upon all flesh. It does not mean that they will speak in tongues. It does not mean they will operate in the gifts of the Spirit. But there are certain resources of God that God in His mercy. In one testimony that I heard, the Lord Jesus appeared to that young man and He started telling him, if you are real, do this, if you are real. The Lord Jesus looked at him and said, you know what? I'm giving you this instruction. I will, you are not worthy for me to appear to you. I have only appeared unto you because of the prayers of my children. That's the only reason I've appeared unto you. And then he knew, and Lord Jesus gave him instructions, go and meet this person. That's how he started his journey. So we see that the Lord did not say because he's not a Christian, he will not reach out to him. This 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 these blessings God wants to pour out to people and He wants us to pray. We are in the realm of the outpouring of the Spirit. And unless we tap into these things by faith, as we'll be saying, we will be walking around as spirit beings, totally oblivious of what God is doing. God will speak to us, but we have no idea. Because 
we have shut out one of the streams of communication that God has given us. So, no Christians should say, eh, me, I don't dream. Yes, you may not be a dreamer of dreams. There are those who are dreamers of dreams. They cannot sleep without dreaming. Constantly. They are always dreaming. And even if it's not every night, very frequently. And it is a, it's a, the Bible says if there's a prophet among you, I speak to him by dreams, by vision. I make known myself unto him by visions. But we may all receive a portion from time to time. Now, there are some people that don't really dream, but they see visions once in a while. They, some may not get open visions, but they get inner visions. They get pictures. For a long time, I didn't understand that those were also called visions. I had a couple, I had a lot of them when God was calling me, and I still get as God helps me, but I did not know. I was expecting till my eye turned white. And yes, I'm seeing. Uh, no. God's, God has different dimensions. So it is available to all of us and we must release our faith. If we don't release our faith, we close up one of the channels that God has given unto us. Let's open our Bibles to Job chapter 33, verse 14 to 17. Please, you'll be rotating the mic uh, to whoever is reading. Job 33, I also want to read for us. Job 33, 14 to 17. Yes. Yes. For God may speak. I can't hear you. But for God may speak in one way. It's not, I can't hear you. But God may speak in one way. Or in another yet man does not perceive it. In a dream, in which, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep fall upon men, while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the, the, the ear of man, the ears of man, and see their instruction, in order to turn man from deep and conceal pride from man. He keep back his soul from the pits and his life from perishing from soul. Thank you. So we see clearly here that the Bible says God will speak once, yes, twice. A man will not perceive. Perceive means to be able to appraise, to be able to pick that information that God is giving. The man does not perceive it. So it's not that God is not speaking. He says, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when sleep falleth upon men, this is one of the dimensions, in the slumberings upon the men, then he opens the ears of men. 
a lot of times God finds it difficult to reach a lot of us in the day. So he comes in the night and opens our ear and puts our instruction inside and says, this is where you are going. This is what you are supposed to do. Why does he do it? He does it to withdraw man from his own purpose. God did not make us to fulfill our own purpose. That's our own stubborn ambition, our selfish ambition. And hide pride from man. When God seals these things in our ears and we pick it up when we wake up, it redirects our lives if we follow it. Some people still will not follow it. And what will they do? Since God was withdrawing them from destruction, if they don't follow it, then they will anywhere in destruction. They will, be, they will perish. It says he will keep his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. That's a very violent death. Many are the people that have lost their lives because they didn't pay attention to the word of the Lord that came to them by whatever means. They just carried their head and they went to their death. And when they come before God, if they if they were in in a right standing, the Lord will say, "You you came too early." They will say, "God, uh, if they tell God you didn't tell me, you say, but you were informed. See how you were informed." So that God talks and we don't hear, or we don't obey, does not change the fact that He has spoken. So you can't choose and tell God, hey God, me, I want to be hearing from your word alone. Talk to me through your word. He'll talk to you through his word. But he will also choose other means. When we start restricting how we want God to deal with us, we restrict the flow of God's power towards us. We limit what we can receive from God. Vision. So dreams are supernatural series or they are an impartation of series of images in scenes. They come in scenes a lot of times. Many a times they are connected. Sometimes they may be disjointed. But a lot of times they are connected and they have similar... They, 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 a lot of times when the sins come together, maybe one sins, two sins, three sins, four sins, when you sit down and allow the Lord to explain it to you, you'll find out that they are all connected and they probably have one meaning or one set of meanings. We have... Um, So, visions are supernatural images or series of images which are imparted while we are awake or in a trance-like state. So, these are the major ways these images come. And when we say through our eyes, it actually means through the eyes of our heart. The Bible tells us that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, who is in us, who we have from God. We are not our own. We've been bought with a price. So the Holy Spirit dwells in us. But when you look at the temple at Jerusalem, it was on a hill. 
that hill that they are still disputing over now. The windows of the temple were made in such a way that the light of the temple is comes out. So how does that happen? The windows inside are bigger than the windows outside. So it has a space. The one inside is very big and the one outside is very small. So it tapers towards the way outside. And what does this cause? It causes the lampstand that is inside the temple, inside the inner place. That lampstand, you know, the, 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 the temple of God has three areas. It has the outer court, it has the inner court, and it has the most holy place. So the outer court is where the sun is, where people can see generally. The inner court, there it is the light of the lampstand, the seven candlesticks that shines there, and which is one of the articles of the tabernacle. That light, then, sorry, in the most holy place, you now have the Shekinah glory of God that lights the place. There is no light, artificial light. That artificial light in the inner court. In the temple, when people, it was said that in those days, when people are coming, they see the light of the temple coming out of the windows. Why? Because they have made the windows outside smaller. So the light of the sun cannot penetrate into the inner court because the windows outside are small. Meanwhile, the light of the um, the windows of the inner court inside are wide. So the light from inside goes out. Are we together? It's, it's, it can be explained by physics, but that was the reality. And it was a symbol. It was a symbol that the Holy Spirit's light should radiate through us. Sometimes, God wants to look through our eyes as the windows of our soul. And that's when, that's when visions take place. The eyes of our heart is where God projects his pictures. When his word comes to us and it is, project, it is projected, that is where we see it. And that's why the Bible says we should pay attention to our, the heart, our eyes. That we should keep it pure. For blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. When the windows of your heart are stained with so many dirty things, bad movies, um, lustful thoughts, um, so many things, you know what I'm talking about. God can't look through our window. He's not interested. But sometimes when he peeps out through our eyes, we begin to see what he is seeing. Why? Because he is within us. So that's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. That, that the eyes of your understanding, it's also called the eyes of your understanding, be enlightened. So when the Holy Ghost gives light to the eyes of our heart, you can call it the eyes of our heart, you can call it your spiritual eyes, you can call it the eyes of your understanding, you can call it the eyes of faith. 
It is with this eyes that you see what God is saying even before he does it. Amen. So we quoted this scripture before Numbers chapter 6, 12 verse 6. We can make a little distinction between dreams and visions, even though sometimes as if they God can, you know, overlap them. A lot of spiritual things are not 100% distinct. But they are not 100% uh, let me use the word distinct. God says when there is a prophet among you, I will speak to him by dreams. I will speak. Meaning a message. But I will make known myself to him in a vision. So God will pass messages through dreams. So dreams generally a lot of times bring messages. Messages. But it does not mean that there is no revelation of God in dreams. Through the message a lot of times you also get a revelation of God. But it says, I will make known myself to him in a vision. There is also the double... How do they put it? The double um, um, interpretation or double meaning of verses. When God says something in one way and He says it again, they are very similar, but they have very slight distinctions. So this is one of those instances. God speaks, and He also make known make known Himself. So in a vision, it does not mean a message will not come. But the emphasis may be to know God in a greater way. Amen. So, God also reveals himself through visions. We'll be looking at some of the ways God releases his power and might through our eyes. You must understand that every child of God is spirit. And because you are spirit, you have spiritual senses. When you were recreated in Christ, God gave you a new gave you new ears, new eyes, new heart, etc. Second Corinthians 5 17 says it clearly. Whoever is in Christ is a new creature. Creature. So it means that whatever you thought you had before, God created a new being. Right? As and put it in you. You are a new being. And you are, this new being has a location in Christ. But this new being also has senses as a spirit. And what are senses for? Senses are to be able to appraise the environment. As human beings, we have eyes, we have ears, sense of sight, sense of hearing, sense of taste, sense of feeling, sense of smelling. To do what? To appraise this physical world. Um, when a person dies, his body leaves, that body cannot appraise anything. There's no spirit to take the information that the body is receiving because the body is dead and there's no spirit within. So the spirit gives the body life. But spiritually, those, our spirit also has these senses to appraise the spiritual world. As a result, we must be bothered. Christians must be bothered if their spiritual senses are not picking what God wants them to pick. If a child is born and the child is not crying or the child is not able to feel heat, the place is very cold and the baby cannot cry, the baby can 
the, the parents will be bothered. If the child after like six months cannot follow light, cannot do something, follow faces, they'll be bothered. Because it means the senses of that child are not looking. But there are a lot of Christians like that. They are there looking. They can't see anything spiritually. God has said 1,000 things. Put his hand in front of their eyes. Don't tap the finger near their ears. They still didn't hear. They have put a loudspeaker in their ears and shouted. They still didn't hear. Those, Christ- those Christians are spiritually insensitive. Excuse me. Insensitive to what God is saying and what God is doing. So, which people, why may people not perceive what God is doing? Let's read John chapter 3, verse 3 and verse 5 and 6. John 3, verse 3 and verse 5 and 6. Yes, please. Go ahead. Should we put up the AC? John 3. Verse 3. John 3, verse 3. Mm. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I said unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then verse 5 and 6. 5 said, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I said unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So, you see here, the first thing God said in verse 3 is, he cannot see. And that see is talking about perceiving, being able to appraise. Being able to receive information and understand it. Except a man be born again, he cannot see. He can, and in verse 5, he cannot enter. So, for verse 3, the man, when the word of God comes to him, it's like encrypted information. The kingdom of God will pass him in front, pass him at the back, he still can't pick nothing. Because he is not born again. But when he's born again, he has been given the senses to pick, to see. So there is nobody that God created in Christ that has a problem with their senses at new birth. Everybody is perfectly good. The Bible says, All things have passed, all things have passed away, and behold, all things have become what? New. So those senses have become new. They become quicker. Then read Mark chapter 4, verse 9 to 12. Mark 4, 9 to 12. Mark 4, 9 to 12. And he said unto them, unto them, he that has ears, let him hear, let him hear. Ten, and when he was alone, the 
did away about him with the twelve acts of him, the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are, within, that are without, all these things are done in parables. To have seen, that, that seeing they may see, and not perceive, and hearing that they may hear, but not understand, least at all, at any time, they shall be converted, and their sins shall be forgiven. Amen. So this is the reason why some people do not see. They are not within. Jesus once spoke to those that have ears. He said, let them that have ears hear. Then he said, in verse 11, unto you it is given to know the mystery. Mystery means hidden things of the kingdom. But unto them that are where without, outside, outside Christ, outside the commonwealth of the Son of God, it is given to them in parables. Why? That seeing they may see and not perceive. So they will see with their physical eyes, but they will never perceive with their spiritual eyes. And hearing, they will hear with their physical ears, but they will never understand spiritually. So this is what is the problem for a lot of people. Secondly, they are lukewarm. Another reason why people don't perceive what God is doing is because they are lukewarm. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 to 18. Can Joel read that? Revelation 3, 14 to 18. Revelation 3, 14 to 18. 14 to 18. And the angel of the church of the last dunya Last Laodicea. Laodicea wrote these things say these things say the amen and the faith and true witness the beginning of the creation of God. I know your work that you are neither good nor hot. And I could wish you were good or hot. So then because you are lukewarm. I neither go nor hold. I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich. I have become worthy. And I have nothing. I have need of nothing. I do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I can't say you will buy from me good and fine in the fire, that you may be rich and and white and and white garment that you may be clothed, that the shape of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eyes with eyes, eyes with 
that you may see. Thank you. So here we see again that there is the eyes. And these people who are Christians, because they are a church, they were blind. They thought they were seeing, but Jesus said that they were blind. And he mentioned again, let him that has ears, at the end of that verse, hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The Spirit does not speak in the physical. He speaks in the Spirit, and whoever hears in the physical is the one that brings it. That hears in the Spirit is the one that brings it to the physical. A third reason why people do not hear or see what God is doing, they have not exercised their senses. They are not listening. I was explaining that for a child, a child that is born will begin to follow things with their eyes. They are exercising their senses. That's what it is. They are exercising their senses. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. Let's read that. Hebrews 5.14 But such would belong to those who are of age, but those that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to decide what good and evil. Those who by reason of use have their senses exercised. So if a person is going to be able to perceive what God is saying, his senses must be exercised. You must begin to use your senses to desire to hear what God is saying, see what God is doing, understand what God is, is, is doing at every time. Now, we'll move quickly to the ways of God in releasing his power and might through your eyes. You know, there is a fundamental principle about the way God works. The ways of God in releasing his power and might through your eyes. There's a fundamental principle, and this principle is that before you can experience, you must have faith. Before faith, you can have faith, you must have the Word of God. So even if you know that there is something happening around you, and you want it in God, you must understand what Word of God produces that result. When you understand it, your faith is quickened to be able to receive it. There's a landing space created in your heart for that experience. And then you cannot begin to cry out for it. Without the knowledge of God's word, you cannot cry out for what you want. So, number one way of God, the number one thing that God brings to us through, by his power and might through our eyes, is revelation. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16 downwards it talks about the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of our Lord 
Choose not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. You may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So you see that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God is what grants you access for your eyes to be enlightened. So God grants revelation. And how does he do this when he sends his word? Let's go to Genesis 28, 11 to 18. And please read that, um, Justina. Genesis 28, 11 to 18. We are going to see something that happened there. 11 to 18. Up a certain place and tarried there at night, all night, because the sun was set, and he took of the bone of the place and put them on his pillow and lay down in the place to sleep. And he dreamt, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of the reach is to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land of the land whereon thou liest. To thee I will give it unto thy seed, and, this, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south, and in thee. And in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and I will keep thee in the place whither thou goest, and will bring thee again unto this land. For I will not leave, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken unto thee. And Jacob awoke out of the of his sleep, and he said, Surely. The Lord is in this place, and I know it not. 17 said, And he was afraid and said, How dreadful this is this place. This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone, and he, and he had put it for, for his pillow and set it upon for a pillar, and pour out oil the top of it. Amen. So we see here that Jacob received immense revelation in the night as he slept from a dream. You see, God passed a message to him, but we also see that God made known himself to him in this dream. This is not a normal dream. There are different dreams that are just normal dreams. There are dreams that when God appears to you, that's a waking dream. It's as if it's very startling. You wake up with the effect of the dream upon your life. And that's what happened to Jacob. He woke up and said, Ah, I'm not in a normal place. He slept as if he was just in a desert normal place. 
He woke up with an understanding. The trees have not changed. The stone has not changed. The breeze has not changed. But he said, no, there is something about the spiritual atmosphere here. So, a lot of people stay in a physical atmosphere, a church, a person's house, they visit a place, and they think that because that place looks dry, and it looks as if oh, those people don't have anything, there's no, they don't even have fun in their house. They don't understand that that place is an access point to heaven. It's a place, it's an altar, it's a place that God has sanctified. They miss the spiritual understanding of the place because of the physical appearance. And Jacob almost missed it, but God revealed himself to him. And he got a deep revelation and he changed his outlook. Notice that Jacob had always been in the house, being his mommy's boy, a 40-year-old man, taking care of things, making them, um, being a shepherd. But he had not had an encounter with his father's God. All the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God had an individual covenant with them. God was not going to come and start revealing and making covenants with him when he's in his father's house. No, he must be a man on his own. Before God called Abraham out and gave him a covenant, before he gave him a covenant, he got to Canaan first. He called him out of his father's house when he obeyed. By the time he got to, then God made a covenant with him, or rather covenants. God told him his seed will multiply and all that. When it was Isaac's turn, God made a covenant with Isaac too, individually. So it was Jacob's turn. He had left his father's house, and before he got to the place he was going, so that he would probably not forget his identity, because God knew that he was going to suffer for 20 years. So God just decided to give him a revelation. The revelation of God gives us security. When you know who you are in God, even when you go through challenges, you can you can stand. And that's what the power and might of God does. This revelation of God kept Jacob throughout his time in the house of Laban. And that was why God said in verse 13, so that he will know. You know in those days, God was just starting to make a line out of Abraham and his children. So there were many gods in the land. God had to make it clear. Jacob had said about his father Abraham, his father Isaac. So God told him, Behold, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it unto thy seed. So God came to make Jacob's own promise to Jacob in a dream. It's not when he was praying. Do you understand? It's not when he was speaking in tongues. During those times, revelation also comes. But I'm just trying to tell you that God chooses when and how he impacts his revelation. So revelation came to Jacob 
and his life changed. Let's look at in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1. In Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1. We see what happened to Isaiah. He said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord and his strength filled the temple. Isaiah had a revelation. The revelation of him seeing the Lord was more important than every other thing that he saw. It revolutionized his life. When he saw that he got a revelation of God, and the revelation of God caused him to get a revelation of himself. He saw how unclean he was. He was already prophesying for more than five years. Sorry, more than five chapters. But by the time that happened, when he got the vision of God, the might of God broke through to him. And the power of God showed him his, 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 his uncleanliness. And due to that, that, that powerful ministration of God to him, what did he do? He responded in a cry. I'm a man of unclean lips. And an angel came and, a seraphim came and touched his lips. See, until the revelation of God comes to us, some, we cannot know what to pray. We we'll just keep praying and repeating words and doing so many things, but we don't have spiritual progress. Because the power and might of God has not broken through to us in revelation. Until you see it, God told Abraham, as far as your eyes can see, to you I have given it. So, we need to see what God is showing us. Then in Revelation chapter 1, verse 9 to 12, there's a blessing in reading. I too, I want to read. Revelation chapter 1. And it says, I, John, verse 9, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. So one, you can see that his spiritual ears were working. Saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest, now spiritual eyes, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pegamos, and unto Tyratira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that speak with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. So, we see that John also caught a revelation that gave him insight by what he saw. What else does God give? Number two, God gives powerful directions. Powerful directions. Until there are some things 
God gives directions by words, through scriptures, through different ways. The inner witness, but sometimes God gives direction through dreams and visions. In Matthew chapter 2 verse 13 and 14, there is a very powerful there is a very powerful description, a direction that Joseph got to verse 13. Let someone read 13 and 14. Yes. Now, when they had departed, you an angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in the dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed from Egypt and was there until the angel and until it's all right. It's all right. You can see that this direction, eh, even if somebody is a spiritually careless person or spiritually unintelligent person, this message was too clear, isn't it? God gave him a clear direction. Stand up. Carry your wife and your son and go into Egypt. He told him who to carry. He told him where to take them. He told them why he should take them. And he told him how long he should stay there. Joseph may not have, we will not have known if God intended. He would have stayed there, but Jesus would have been murdered very easily by Herod. And but that would not have happened because the Bible says the scriptures cannot be broken. It was already prophesied. Out of Egypt I called my son. So you see, Joseph was able to pick powerful directions from God. It's the same thing we need today. Sometimes God is not going to tell you what he wants you to do by prophecy. Sometimes he will tell you in the night. Sometimes God does not want another person to know what he's telling you. Because dream is a personal communication. It's you he wants to know. The vision is giving you, it's you he wants to be. It doesn't mean that it's only always for you. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm only saying that God chooses the vehicle. The message that God wants to send determines the vehicle that he's going to use. So we see how Joseph was delivered. Then we have the wise men. Read verse 12 of that same chapter. Verse 12 of chapter 2. Being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed unto their own country another way. Being warned of God, God gave them direction. 
he warned them that if they go back to Herod, Jesus is going to be killed. Very clearly. So they refused to go back to Herod. And how did God do it? Through a dream. God, there was no, there was no prophecy for all the people to come and hear what God is saying. God gave the wise men, and this direction caused them to go through another way. Amen. Number three, Peter. In Acts chapter ten, verse ten to fourteen. In Acts chapter ten, verse ten to fourteen, we see that Peter was also in a trance. He was in the spirit. When the Bible says in the spirit, enumati, as is in Greek, it can mean a couple of things. It can mean, usually it means in trance, but it means the person is in the spirit. His senses are heightened, spiritual senses, to pick what God is saying or whatever is moving in the spirit realm. So, Peter was in a trance, and God showed him a mighty sheet. Not really because of our time, I believe we are familiar, but just to pick out the gems, the gems, the jewels in the scripture. Peter spoke and said, the Lord told him, kill and eat, when he saw the different kinds of unclean animals. You see, one of the reasons why God uses visions and dreams and, you know, visual things to us is because a lot of us are stubborn. Until we see it, we will not believe. Even when we see it, we will still be asking God, how can it be? Also, we may not be stubborn, there is still stubbornness. We are so used to tradition. So God has to give us something to help our faith. Peter was used to the tradition that the Jews were the only righteous people. And God was trying to get the Gentiles into the church. He was trying to get the word of God out, but the, 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 the Jews were sticking in Jerusalem, feeling good with themselves, fellowshipping and enjoying the things of God. So God told Peter, kill and eat. God was preparing Peter's mind for Cornelius to come. God could have, why didn't God tell Peter like he told Joseph? Go. Some men are coming for you. Follow them. I have sent them. Which was what he later told him. But before he told him that, he started helping the hardness of Peter's heart through a vision. So while Peter was thinking, what is God saying? What is God saying? What does he want me to understand? Then he heard a voice behind him say, a voice saying, the Spirit said to him, three men seek thee, go with them. I have sent them, doubting nothing. So, you know, God has already done part A. He gave him part B. He didn't tell him what he was going to meet. He told him, follow. So as a normal soldier now, he's used to go. He went. When he got there, God now 
told him why he has come, continuous told him. He didn't understand if the Holy Ghost fell upon them. He says, okay, so now I know that God has chosen among all the world men who will seek him. Sometimes God needs to help our folly and embrace it through his power and his might. For he will show us through our eyes. When we have now gotten the information, we will not say, okay. But if he doesn't do that, we may not be malleable. He may not be able to bend us. He may not be able to reach us. So when God is showing you some things that you don't understand, accept it first. They start asking for understanding. Amen. We have Paul. Paul in Acts chapter 16, verse 6 to 10. Acts 16, I think we should read this one. Acts 16, 6 to 10. Now, when they had gone through by Pythia and the region of Ganatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were came to Mysia, they desired to go into Benia, but the spirits of them was, and they passed, passing by Mysia, came down to Tyrus, as a vision appeared to Paul in the night, he stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, and prayed him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us stand. And after he had seen the vision, immediately he endeavored to go to Macedonia, and, uh, to Macedonia, ensuring, gathering them the Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. Paul had tried to go to different places. One, the Holy Spirit forbid him. We went to another place. It did not work. But when he stayed in uh, when he stayed in Troas, he had a vision in the night, giving what direction. And when he woke up, he knew that God was assuredly telling them to go to Macedonia. This is how God works. It's not all the time that he will give you an inward witness or you, someone will give you an advice. He wants to be able to direct you first. Many as are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. They are. Not everybody. And that led is talking about continuously led. So we see that through the revelation we receive, one is revelation, number two is powerful direction. Paul was able to go to Macedonia, and when we read, we know that he had an excellent time there. Amen. The third way that God uses to impart his power and might through dreams and visions is faith. And we look at the story of Gideon in Judges chapter 7. 
37, verse 10 to 15. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant, and you, and you shall hear what they say, and afterward your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with poor servants to the utmost, utmost of the armed men who were in the camp. And now the Midianites and the Amalekites, all the people of the east were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts. And their camel were without number. As a sign by the seesaw in multitude and when, the, and when Gideon had come, there, were, there was a man telling a thing to his companion. He said, I have had a man to my surprise, a low of burden, but took man into the camp of Midian and came to the tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned, overturned and the tent collapsed. Then his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Josh, a man of Israel, into his heart God as delivered Midian and the whole camp. Verse 15. And, and so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshipped, he worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of the Midian into your hand. So we see here that a Midianite dreamt. But Gideon said, God has delivered the Midianites into his, their hands. God used a dream through the enemy to tell a child of God, what he was about to do. And it imparted what to Gideon? Faith. Strength. Faith is spiritual strength. It provides spiritual strength. There was fear. God says, if you are afraid, go. The opposite of faith is fear. So when Gideon heard, faith came unto him to do what God has told him to do. Because God told him to use 300 men to kill the people that, to defeat the people that Bible says they were like the sound of decision. Even the strongest soldiers, their hearts will melt. So God told him, I know it sounds too big to you. Go down. Listen to what I've done. So it means God imparted that dream to that person so that Gideon will hear it. Maybe if he dreamt it, you see he did not believe. That is because he's thinking about defeating Midianites. So, that's why he's dreaming like that. So God decided to use another person to dream the dream. 
Are we together? If God gave it to his servants, he may say his servants are flattering him. So God gave it to another person, a Midianite, the enemy, that he knows will never want him to defeat them. And he was strengthened. Another person, Joseph. That's saying Joseph, the father of Joseph, the father of Jesus, or the husband of Mary. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. Don't worry, I'll just explain. God told him to marry Mary. See, no, he was to marry Mary, and uh, he found out that she was pregnant. And he said, I can't marry her. But what did God do? God revealed himself to him in a dream. And explained to him that that child is of the Holy Ghost. She is not wayward. Marry her. If you notice, every time this type of dreams came to people, what did they do? When they woke up, they did something. When this kind of dream comes to you where God is telling you to take a step, I had a couple of those this year. That when I woke up, my wife and I sat down and discussed it. We knew that God was telling us, do this now. And as we did it, we saw the benefits. It did not mean that they were easy. But we have already started reaping the fruits. So Joseph took the Bible he took he, he arose and went and took Mary as his wife. So he was probably even stalling, maybe he was not ready. But at that time there was not an instruction, there was faith. He went ahead and said, I enter my house now, because that automatically now protected her. If he left her there, people may say, ah, but Joseph has not married you, why are you pregnant? And they want to kill her. But by coming into his house, she became protected. Another, number four. We have here, this one is wisdom. God imparts wisdom through dreams. In this case, it was wisdom for prosperity. Genesis chapter 31, verse 10 to 13. Let's read that. Genesis 31. Yes. Ten said, and I am. Ten said, it came to pass at that time that the cattle from sea that I lifted up my eyes and saw in a dream, and behold, the ram which leaped upon the cattle were, were string, uh, rings scattered. Ring, ring streaked. Ring streaked and gripped. And the angel of God spoke unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob. And I said, Here I am. And he said, Lift up thy eyes and see all the ram which live upon the cattle are, are strength are reinstated, sprinkled and gripped. For I have seen all that are 
uh, that are Laban, Laban dirt unto them. Thirteen, I am the God of Bethan, where thou anointed the pillar, and where thou void about unto me. Now arise, get thee out from this land, and return unto the land of the kindred. Unto that. So, you see, Jacob received wisdom to be wealthy. By the time Jacob had uh, done what God showed him, Laban's sons were armed. That all of Jacob's cattle were strong, but Laban had already given a condition. The rings, um, Jacob had given Laban a condition, take all the ring streak, rather all the speckled ring streak and grizzled um, animals will be my own. Laban removed all those ones. So he wanted Jacob, who has labored for over 20 years, whom Laban knew, God used to bless him. Because Laban said, I have found that by divination that because of you, God has blessed me. So he wanted him to go without anything. Why? Because he wanted him to continue to stay with him and be his slave for life. So Jacob would have walked with a family as big as his own and would go back to his father's house empty-handed. And that was not God's plan for him. So God imparted wisdom to Jacob in the dream. Wisdom. There is wisdom for your, for your business, your academics, wisdom for your career. Wisdom for your business that can be given to you in dreams, in visions. You can see what you need to do next. God releases such information. And when he saw it, what did he do? He did it. When God shows you things, don't stay. Do it. Because it is as good as God saying it to you. Whatsoever is said unto you, do it. That was what Mary, the mother of Jesus, told those servants in John chapter 2. Moving forward, we have Abraham. Sorry. Number five, to give warning. I think I'll just be explaining. Number five, to give warning. God uses his power and might through our eyes to give us warnings. The same Joseph, the father of Jesus, we read in Matthew chapter 2, was giving a warning. Some of these dreams, they pack in them more than one thing that God wants to do. But we need to be able to distinguish them. He gave him a warning. It was a revelation. There was faith. There was direction. But it was also a warning. Don't wait. Get out. Otherwise, this man will come and kill this child. Another person that was giving a very stern warning is Abimelech. Abimelech in Genesis chapter 20, verse 2 to 4, carried Sarah, the wife of Abraham, and made her his wife. But he had not slept with her. God appeared to him in a dream and told him, you are a dead man. For just collecting her, he has not slept with her. And he started to plead with God. I have not done anything this one. They told me, he says, I know. I know you are innocent. And you need to understand that Abimelech did not see that that judgment 
was for him alone. He said, will you judge a righteous nation? So he understood that it's not just him that will die. His whole family will die. And we see that from the effect on their lives, on the, the, the prayer God told Abraham to pray, because all the women in the women's house were buried automatically. So that means no more fruitfulness for that generation. God had automatically cut them short before even killing them physically. And he cried out to God. So God gave him a warning. And as a result, he ran away and Abraham was allowed to be alone. He was given his wife. That's another thing God does. Number six, prophecy. God gives prophecy. And what is prophecy? Prophecy is giving to edify, to encourage, and to comfort. Sometimes in dreams, God is not coming to give you direction. God is not coming to give you a warning. God is coming to encourage you. He is coming to reaffirm you. He's coming to build you up. In Genesis 46, verse 1 to 4, Jacob had stayed in the land of Canaan. Joseph was now the prime minister of Egypt. And there was no food. So Joseph said they should come and carry his father. But Jacob was going, even though he was not yet satisfied, because he has not yet encountered God. So he went to Beersheba. Beersheba was one of those places of encounter that he had. You know, a lot of times we want to encounter God these days. People, yes, God is everywhere. And we should be able to connect with Him everywhere. But sometimes when people go to Orioki Mountain, some people go to camp, go to the Beersheba, Bethel, where some of those camps for Jacob. So when he got to Beersheba, God appeared to him in the night and gave him a prophecy. And gave him a prophecy and told him that don't worry, it is well with you. Go and come back. You will come back. You will possess this land. My promises to you are all right. You know, God has given Abraham a commandment that he should not go down to Egypt. He gave, he expected him not to go down to Egypt. He gave Isaac a commandment, don't go down to Egypt. When he went out to Egypt, it was a problem. But in Jacob's case, in Jacob's case, God asked him to go down to Egypt. Why? Because it was the appointed time. God had told Abraham that his children would be taken to a strange land. He didn't tell him it was Egypt. And that time had come. So Jacob was encouraged concerning his journey that his seed and his descendants will not be destroyed. All through visions. The Bible says in the visions of the night. Who also received prophecy? Abraham. Abraham in Genesis 15. God gave prophecy of what is going to happen to his generation. And to the Genesis 15, 12 to 15. To know that your generation shall be shall serve a nation that they don't know for 400 years. And when that generation 
and we will to treat them wrongly. And when they are done, I will judge that nation, and they will come out with great wealth. So it was perhaps part of the reason that Egypt was chosen because Egypt was a very rich nation. God could not send them to a poor country to come out with great wealth. And you know, God also used Joseph to bring the wealth of Egypt. Because during the time of the famine, anyway, we are going out of the scope of our, well, let me just finish. Joseph got a lot of wealth for Egypt by selling corn. The Bible says, and all the nations came to Egypt. So Egypt gathered wealth, was very rich. They had gold. People have brought all kinds of things to sell so they would get food. So it was now time for the Israelites to go out and God sent them out to great wealth. But God had already told Abraham in the, in, the, in, in the night, whether it was a dream or it was a vision, the Bible says God showed him, told him. Number seven, this is the second and last one. What God does, the power and might of God through our eyes. The seventh way he, he, he works through is covenant ratification. Covenantal ratification. In dreams and in visions, God ratifies his covenant. He uses, today we have video conferencing. We have Google Meet. We have Zoom. Sometimes God uses our dreams and our vision as Zoom. He will come and meet up, meet up with us. We will connect, we connect, and we will have a very serious meeting. And he did it for Abraham in the latter part of um, 17 and 18. Though Abraham was in a dream and a vision, God took him and passed a smoking slack, uh, what do you call it, and a torch through the sacrifice he has split. And he began to talk to him and say, I've made a covenant with you. We have again in the, that should be Genesis 18. See, God appeared unto Abraham and told him that this is the covenant that we have with you. Every fault, every male child in your house shall be circumcised. You have to circumcise them. And God, God, this is, and God left up from speaking to Abraham. God came to speak to him in a vision. And after God left, then he stood up to go and circumcise. We have another person, Solomon. Solomon had a dream, and God appeared unto him. When God appeared unto Solomon, God asked him, What do you want? What do you want? And he told God he wanted wisdom. We should know that that was not just a meeting where he was told about something. He was a participant in that. And God told him, yes, I will give, the kingdom I've given to you for riches and honor. So we see that through dreams, there are covenantal ratifications that come unto us. The last one, 
God gives mighty deliverances. Mighty deliverances. One person, the first set is Pharaoh and Egypt were delivered, but the truth is, majorly it was Israel God was trying to deliver. Not just Pharaoh. God told, showed Pharaoh a dream, and Joseph was the one to interpret it. And through that dream, they were delivered from hunger and starvation. The world would have just died of hunger. Maybe they would have started eating themselves. Also, we have Joseph, the father of Jesus again. That same instance of being delivered from Herod. So we see that was a direction. It was a warning. And it was a mighty deliverance. Only one dream. We have Daniel. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 17 to 20. We see that Daniel and his friends were in the streets. They were going to be killed because Nebuchadnezzar was angry. He was angry that nobody knew his dream. That's one of the most crazy things any king has asked anybody to do. You dreamt. And you ask people, you ask your wise men to come and tell you your dream. Are they supposed to use flash? What are they supposed to use to try to get your dream? But the Bible says that in the word of the king there is power. So they were going to be killed. And the Bible says Daniel cried out to the God of heaven. Maybe someone should read that. Daniel chapter 2, verse 17 to 20. And the secret was revealed unto Daniel in the night. and told his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, what had happened. He urged them to ask the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secret, so they would not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. That night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. Verse 20. He said, Praise the name of God forever and ever, for he has all wisdom and power. He has all wisdom and power. So Daniel saw that that deliverance that God was giving him by revealing the dream to him, the dream in itself was just a dream. But the dream was equal to deliverance. Because his life, that dream was equal to the life of all the wise men. And he said, God has all wisdom and power. So the power and might of God comes in diverse ways. It may look as a very simple thing, but when it is applied in the particular situation, it brings diverse deliverances, revelation, faith, wisdom, all kinds of things that we have looked at. So, what do you want God to do through your eyes? Do you just want to be a Christian? who is living day to day, no information, nothing to spoil you and to give you direction in the ways of God? Or do you want more of God? 
I want you to begin to meditate on what you have heard. I hear you, I worship you, I hear you, O Son, I hear you, I hear you. Let's worship the Lord. I worship We hear you. 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 Begin to allow the Holy Spirit to show you. Begin to ask the Lord for mercy. Ask Him to cleanse the eyes of your heart. Ask the Lord to cleanse the eyes of your heart. The Lord is here and He is going to meet us all at the point of our need. He has given us his word. Now he wants to impart his power and might for us to be able to see what he wants us to, 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 to see, to hear what he wants us to hear, and to understand what he wants us to understand. Begin to confess every sin that has caused the eyes of your heart to be clogged. And Koso Protoko Pregede de Susia Saparaskina. And these on the Lunde Brehen de Zucotoria Sanagaris. Jikos Koto Brada Gada Sato Koto Brada Nakastari. A Rujene Kihosuprita Lucy Brade Geto Sokoto Prada Kataris to Nosiestis. A Ruza Kahari Shekufuria Bara. A reasona conto pratin e desuzie zeke de gurukutare. A randesana na namena. A rende ke kosutu prepertenia. A rubo no mozu preedenege de no. A yesha yesheu shika. A yikuka. A yike zekudo no monosia. I want you to be hungry for God to show you things. How can we, if you shut off this stream, you shut off a lot of things that God has prepared for you. Refuse to be shut off from the revelatory streams of God. Akira da Gazibo Rodododododosh. Rekesutokonomolo Jegedegedegedegedegedegedegedesh. Begin to present the eyes of your heart to the Lord and say, God, cleanse the eyes of my heart. Begin to ask and expect. Allah tosu no mokotuda barakatadi. 
Ejenu sudoni rasiko rosu sia. Arete desuko dodo 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 dete dete dete. Rika si karika tada baras kana maradoya. Lede ais wahat bitwensu god. Lede ais wahat bitwens. Rije katu sumande kari bosu dodo 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 dodo. Araza naga da 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 shina maragade kusuge. Begin to ask the Lord to quicken your feet to see. Ejino no menesi seberele kusistes. That if you grant you the grace for your feet to rise. You have heard the word of the Lord. Ask the Lord to help you to keep your feet at the, at the level of oppression. The level that enables it to be operated. Arasanda barakatamu shundorobo sunderedeba. Arabagadagadagadabaradadagadeboshya. Ayegedege zukodogadaba sinderedebedegedegedebos. Ashinokoruba sinderedeborukotisha. Akishegedegedegedegedegedebosya. Maranda kahaturaba sinderedeboshya. Jegedegedebosupradagadagadabaradagadish. Ayi gede sukede gede berede gede bosura bakata na balazi gede sha roko godo sunde gede begede kutu supra daga daga daba dash jika dabo sanga rada bara daga dabas. Now I like you to begin to express your faith to God and say, God, I want to see more than I've ever seen. I want to understand more than I've ever understood. From now, I want there to be an increase in my spiritual sight and my spiritual understanding. When I read your word, let my sight be clear. Let my sight be clear. Let me hear. Let me see. Let me understand. Ragada wa kushikara wa hindere. Rokodobo sundere debere kedusia. Let's just stand up, Maruza Katamana Shandarada Bariyata. Eresuzo Zigede Bredegede Gedeetish. Zigede Degosu Bredegede Gedeberedus. Maragada Vashindere Devorokoturia. Maruza Katana Malashindere Devorodokota Zigedeetish. Zigede Bredegede Gedeberedegedesu Bredegede Gedebosh. In Jesus' name. I will come to the Lord if uh, every one of us, I perceive the Lord has salve for our eyes. Every one of us who will be interested. I'd like you to just say, just open your heart rather, open your heart to the Lord. Lord Jesus, we come this evening, every one of us here, by faith, we have heard your word. Now we ask in the name of Jesus that this salve be applied to our eyes, to heal us from all our spiritual sight infirmities. Let sight be given to us. Anoint our eyes, O God. Right now, let our eyes begin to receive salve, every one of us. Let the salve of God begin to come upon your eyes. 
let it begin to come upon your eyes. Just place your right hand, you place your fingers on your eyes. The Zuga Demalation to Pratasana Kahatushta. Father, let there be a release of your anointing, of yourself upon our eyes. Let every limitation be broken. Let's begin to enjoy the power and the might of your power and your might through our eyes on a perpetual basis, O God. In the name of Jesus. Everything clogged in our eyes, let it be broken right now. Everything having access to the eyes of our heart, due to our sin, due to our lukewarmness, let it be broken in Jesus. Let our eyes receive strength. Strength, strength, strength. Receive a fresh measure of revelatory encounters. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we bless your holy name. We pray, O God, let this same unction rest on everyone who listens to this message in faith. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let us begin to give Jesus glory. Lord, we give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Jesus, we pray. Amen.